What's up, everybody? We're back. R2C2, another week. But what's special this week, I got a special guest host, um, Jason Stark. Thank you for, for guest hosting this week. How you doing? Cece, I, I am honored to be on with you. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. We got a lot to discuss. These these The new rules, we're down here both in spring training. I saw you in uh, Philly's camp earlier this week, and I'm down here in Tampa with the Yankees, and you're down in Philly's camp. So what do you got on, on these new rules? <laughs> well, I've been I know it's a around. lot. I've been bopping around, man. And I was in Northport, Florida on Saturday for one of the craziest things that I've ever seen. This was the game Red Sox, Braves, that ended mm -hmm. on a timer violation. And I, like, I'm telling you, CC, I've seen some weird stuff. I collect weird stuff. It's my, it's my whole niche <laughs> of covering baseball. But this was so bizarre because everybody uh, in, the, in the park thought one thing had happened, but in fact, the opposite thing. The had opposite happened. thing had happened. So everybody thought the violation was on the pitcher, right? Right. You know, I don't know how many people have actually seen the video of what went on. I, you know, I knew there was going to be some stuff like this. I knew a game would even end on a clock violation. I knew what happened one yeah. time. Uh, my friend Mike Fern and I even came up with a name for it, the clock off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we actually Get had a clock off. off. But this, this is not what I expected because, you know, I just thought it would be a routine thing where the pitcher wasn't ready or the hitter wasn't ready or something. But this was the opposite because it was bases loaded, two out. Full count. Red Sox had just blown a three-run lead, so the game is tied. They're not going to play extra innings. And so the catcher throws the ball back. The clock starts. 20. starts ticking down. Now the catcher stands up, and he's motioning to the infielders, plays at first base. Of course it is. You know, base is loaded two outs, so throw to first base, yeah. and the ball is hit to you. Okay, that's fine. But meanwhile, the clock is ticking. Okay? Ticking. And uh, so the, the hitter's standing there, and he, the, the catcher's four inches away from him, and he's standing up. And the pitcher's <laughs> out there going, because he's not going to throw the ball. The catcher is standing there. The catcher's there. standing up, yeah. And, and so the clock is ticking down to zero, and everybody thinks he didn't get a pitch off. The guy just walked to drive in the winning run. No, he didn't. The umpire ruled that because the hitter – didn't have his eyes trained on the pitcher. He was the one who was out, and yeah. I, like I don't, I still don't understand what happened. Um, it was the hardest thing to describe I've ever written about. A, yeah, and, a guy, and see that I, I'm sure that that's like hard for you know you and you've seen so many baseball games to see one end like that had to be insane. Well, well, think about what happened. A guy struck out on a three-two pitch that was never thrown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? like, that's kind of weird. How do you even explain yeah. to people who are barely following this that that happened? And then there's all this chaos <laughs> around them. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of people afterwards uh, who like didn't really know what went on. The, the pitcher uh, was a minor leaguer for the Red Sox who told me, I honestly had no idea what happened. I, I, I didn't. I didn't know if I'd struck this guy out. I didn't know if the game was over. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, it was, it was that bizarre. Alex Cora thought they had messed up because the clock went down to zero. Brian Snickers said games aren't supposed to end like this. End like yet, that, yeah. Right. So I don't like. I'm, I'm curious what you think about this interpretation of the rule because. Major League Baseball was adamant to me afterwards that this was called correctly. And my feeling is 
if that's the rule, then you need to change the rule. Yeah, and and I think like it's I think everything is fluid, right? You know what I'm saying? So I think because of all these new rules and if something like this pops up, if that's the way that the rule is is going to be called, then it needs to be changed. You know what I'm saying? Like in that situation, in that situation, the way that and I've seen the video, the way that it's it looked to me, the violation should have been on the on the on the defense. You know what I'm saying? In, in in that situation, I mean, it just kind of. I mean, it, but like I said, the rule. I mean, everything is so new, so it's just like we're just kind of like going along as as it, <laughs> as, as situations pop up, you know. Yeah. But I well, think the the more the more stuff like this happens in spring training, it'll be better to be able to work through some of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I do, and that's exactly what Major League Baseball wants. It's really what everybody wants. The best value is shock value. Okay. There's yeah, a lot of yeah. it. There was a lot of it that day. Just you know, my point on that play is how can you be telling the pitcher, I'm sorry, the hitter, he needs to be ready to hit when the pitcher isn't ready to the pitch. Catcher, and the catcher isn't ready to and catch. And the catcher's standing up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand see, that. I, and, and, at least and stop that, the and that part of but that part of the rule is left up for interpretation by the umpire, which we need to get some better clarification on. You know well, what I'm saying? Again, Major League Baseball thinks that that he interpreted it correctly, that because the catcher was in the catcher's box on time, uh, the hitter then has to be ready to hit. But isn't there a difference between being physically in that box and, and being, being ready to ready catch to- a pitch? Yeah. If he absolutely. was ready to catch a pitch, that pitcher, I guarantee you, would have thrown a pitch because the clock was running out. Because the clock was going down. <laughs> I know. It was yeah. so bizarre. It was but, so But like crazy. you said, though, the, the, the best, you know, value, the best value is the shock value. And everybody's watching and, you know, we'll get be able to work through some of this stuff. Like, for me, you know, being being working, working in the commissioner's office and, and being, a, you know, at MLB, I just told him right away, I think you need to give guys violations, like be strict to the rules in, in spring training, early in spring training. And by the time opening day comes, guys will adjust within the rules. You know what I'm saying? Like we know how to cheat within the rules. We just need to know what the, <laughs> what the rules are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what did they say just, to you? Just, because that's the opposite of what they decided they wanted to do. They, they want, the, they want these umpires. They've told them call everything. Yeah. No, no yeah. exceptions. <laughs> Yeah, they've, they, and, they've, and they went the other way to call everything, which is good, you know. And that's what I'm saying. Everything will be worked out by opening day. I, that, that's what I, I think. Okay, I don't know that everything will be worked out by opening day. A lot will get worked out by opening day. You know, the, uh, the, 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 what they did in the minor leagues last year was was very revealing, because mm-hmm. um, you know the first week or two was crazy, just like this. In fact, the rate of clock violations is almost identical so far, and then. After four weeks, we were down to about one violation per game. After six weeks, mm-hmm. we were down to a, a one violation every other game. Other game, and that's that's kind of an acceptable rate because I, I don't know if you if you know this, but the rate of delay of game penalties in the NFL is is one every other game. <laughs> okay, so oh, wow. uh, if we if baseball can get to that rate, that sounds good. I I just I I don't think that you really get the shock value of this stuff until it happens in the regular season. I think the first couple of weeks mm-hmm. of the regular season, we're, we're still going to see some crazy stuff. 
No, for sure. But but I think guys will be more, you know, I seen Carlos Correa's at bat yesterday where he uh, swung at the first pitch, fouled it off, was going to take a little stroll around, but forgot, <laughs> you know, remembered that the clock was there, had to hop back in, ended up taking another pitch. So, you know, I think guys will, will figure out their routine and what they, what they can and cannot do pretty quick. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. I, I think you're right about that. I mean, you're already seeing uh, – not like I watched really closely – at the game I was at yesterday, I only saw one guy the entire game adjust his batting gloves. You know, what was the over-under on how many times guys adjusted their batting gloves before the clock? <laughs> a thousand a game? <laughs> at least. Like We're down to two. <laughs> yeah. And, it's and a for, step and in the right me, Yeah, it is. And, and it's just all the little dead time in the game. You know what I'm saying? Just a little stuff like that. I mean, and I was guilty of it. You know what I'm saying? So just even – be able to speed some of that dead time up for as a fan watching the game. Um, it, it doesn't have to, you know, I don't care about how long the game is. As long as I have action, game can be three and a half, four hours long. If I have action, if I'm, if I'm seeing the ball getting put in play, if, you know, plays are getting made and guys are getting hits and different things, you know, people are running the bases first to third, all of that stuff that I don't care how long the game is. You know what I'm saying? It's all of the adjusting of the batting gloves and walking around the mound and grabbing dirt and everything in between pitches. Um, that kind of that kind of lose me loses me as a fan, honestly. Yeah. Um like dead time is the worst time. And I you know, I'm I don't know about you. I'm I'm hearing a lot of pushback from fans, but I, I know there's a segment of the fan base who thinks baseball should never change. Never. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't change anything about it. And I, you know, I admire where that's coming from, but the other sports change their rules all the time. Uh, they look at their sport and think we could make it en- more entertaining. So let's do that. You know, how many, how much has the NBA tweaked the shot clock? You know, they just tweaked yeah. it a couple of years ago, you know, on uh, what happens if you retain possession, you don't get another 24 seconds, keep the game moving. The games have so much better rhythm this way than the old way uh you know there hadn't been a game over three hours and six minutes the last time i checked and you know some of these games that are taken 306 would have taken 406 yes and that's a real telling development and it's even just you know even being able to to you know just get the next generation of fans at the ballpark. You know what I'm saying? Like if we can make the game a little more digestible by make, shortening it up a little bit, two hours, 30 minutes, whatever, you can get kids at the park that, could, that can stay up and watch the game. You know what I'm saying? Or come to the game and, and you know, during the school during the school year, you can start the games at 630 and you can, get, you can have families back at the ballpark again. You know what I'm saying? So that- I think all of this is just, you know, breed more fans in, in the next generation. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, the games are averaging right now two hours and 39 minutes in spring training. And, I, you know, I, there's a sense that th- they can get them to maybe 240 during the season. And if the game starts at 640 and ends at mm. ends in 240, it's over at 920. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, when's the last time we lived on that planet where baseball games exactly. ended at 920? You have uh, kids back at the ballpark. You know what I'm saying? Like can, it'll be families back at the ballpark. Yeah, and you know, you've seen this. We've all seen it. Uh, the game's tied in the seventh inning, and thousands of people are heading home because it's just too late. Mm. They got stuff they got to do. They need to sleep sometime, and if the game's <laughs> going to end at a reasonable hour. Um, people are going to stay 
for the finish. And they're going to see some stuff. And it's going to be worth their while to stay for the finish. It's great. Yeah, no doubt. Now, how do you feel about the shift? Or, or um, no shift? It, the, the, the ban on the shift. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've seen some left-handed hitters come to the plate this spring. And it blows me away to see how much more space there is for these guys right. on the right side. Matt Olson, Kyle Schwerber, Anthony Rizzo. It's a whole new world for them. They were getting shifted on yeah. 80, 90% of their plate appearances. And a ground ball was an out. What do they hit on ground balls? Zero? <laughs> you know? And yep. I, now those ground balls are hits. There's no, there's nobody hanging out in right field to slurp those things up. The second baseman's not way back on the grass. Uh, he's got to be on the dirt. He's got no help over there. And, yeah. you know, there's going to be a subset of hitters. I mean, we just talked about three of those guys who are, it's really going to change the way their numbers look. And, you know, what I, here's what I wonder um, like the way baseball has been played over the last five, six years. You weren't going to get three singles in an inning off CC Sabathia. You know, he's too good. Mm -hmm. Okay. But now it's possible to hit a single again. And it's possible for the guy after that to hit a single again. And if you can, if, if the single now has more value because there's more of them, how does that change strategy? How does that change hitters' approach? How does that change teams' approach? How does it change the defense? I mean, there's a lot of ripple effects that you could get from banning the shift that we haven't quite experienced yet. I'm, I'm really interested in what that next line of consequence will be. What do you, what about you? I just, I look at, I look at like the guardians that, that young guardians lineup and, and how they can control the barrel and, and put, you know, three or four or five hits together in the inning to score runs. Like more teams I feel like are going to try to, to, to make their lineups more like that, where it's more speed and power. And then, like you said, it's going to change who you drafted. You know, it's going to change, like, you know, the, the kids that, you know, the, the guys that can be able to, to actually control the barrel, like like the Whit Merrifields of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like those guys, those type of guys, I feel like I have more value because you'll be able to, to like you said, if there's the singles are, are back, there's more value in a single, and being able to control the barrel and, and, and be able to put, you know, line drives all over the field, I think – is going to be where you know teams are going to try to make their bread, make their money. At to be honest, you know, there's a lot of debate about that, and I find that debate interesting um, because, you know, if you if you just look at uh, how baseball was played last year and who this would help from that group, it's really not the kind of guys we just talked about. No, it's, it's not. It's the yeah. dead pull hitters who are selling out to crush the ball and pull it the, every time out. The Aaron, and, the Aaron Hicks hitting left-handed. You know what I'm saying? That's like, right. And yeah. you know, like, I, I think it, I, I don't have any it – does, it doesn't bother me at all if Anthony Rizzo hits 270 instead of 220. You know, that's, that's a good <laughs> thing for the game. But um, Absolutely. The, you know, the, the question is, are we sure those are the guys it's going to help the most? If it's if it's going to bring back the kind of hitters that you just talked about, then that's a real game changer. But I, again, we don't really know until we see this in action. Yeah, no, we don't. But I mean, I just think, just in general, just I, th just the lineups that I see that have the the best throughout have a lot of speed and power where they can, you know, 
the guys, you know, hit the ball in the gap and, you know, um, gap to gap and they have power in the lineup. So whether it's like the White Sox lineup for me is, is one of those ones. Um, Toronto for me has got one of the better lineups in the league. Um, oh, Philly so is, is speeding power, you know? So um, I think people will start building their, their teams like that. Yeah. I just, you know, I uh, finished a piece on the Braves, uh, which they were talking about how much more they want to run. They led the league in home runs last year. They were ninth in steals. You know, I think there were 87 steals. And now, you know, Ronald Acuna and Michael Harris could steal more than that combined if they put their mm -hmm. minds to it and hit and how many you, homers along with it. And if you get Ozzy healthy running the bases like that uh, too, you he, know? Ozzy told me he, he wants to go 40-40. He stole three nice. last year. <laughs> so he's got a ways to go. <laughs> but he, yeah, but, he, you're right. You're exactly. They, they have athletes. When you combine a, a team with elite athletes and these rules that are definitely going to make running the bases um, more fun and more rewarding, there's some teams that are really going to lean into it. I think they're one of them. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, the the rest of, uh, you know, spring training and just seeing how everything else plays out with, with these with these rules and, you know, seeing if we get more stolen bases with, um, you know, only being over to pick over twice and all of that. I haven't seen much of of the consequences of, of the, the pick over rules yet. Like I haven't seen I haven't seen much of you know anybody balking or anything yet like it hasn't been any violations yet or, or am i missing anything uh I, I don't think there's been a bunch of box that i'm aware of i've seen a couple um but i think they were they're more this guy's not stopping and baseball okay more strictly enforcing that than in the past but um you know i did see something in that red sox braves game where you know, richard blyer you know what uh -huh. kind of reliever oh, yeah. Okay, and he was the guy last year who went to uh, City Field and get called for three blocks in one inning. Walked <laughs> Jeff, yeah. Jeff McNeil around the bases, and he'd never been – he'd called for no blocks in his career before that. But that's just an aside. So um, I think it was Vaughn Grissom who got on first, and Richard Blyer threw over to first, made a pickoff throw to first. And I, so I was already on high alert because I'm watching yeah, every pitch to it. see what the – you know, what's next? And first move toward the plate after that pickoff throw, Vaughn, Vaughn Grissom was gone. Gone after one pickoff, not two, after one. And so I was talking to Richard Blyer about it afterwards, and we thought, you know what? Maybe that's going to be the strategy because if a guy throws over once, is he actually going to throw over again? Do we think he will? <laughs> you know, that's yeah. then he's out. So there's a big cost of throwing over that, even that second time. And so, man, they were gone. I saw three different times in that game where they just made up their mind and they were gone. Um, but see, that's the thing. But as a lefty, if he just picks up and reads, right. then he, he he should be able to – lefty should be able to, to take advantage of that. I agree. I agree. I think it's especially with a right-handed pitcher who makes a, a – even one move over there, they're in trouble. But a lefty, yes. it, they're going to have to adjust all kinds of stuff in terms of trying to control the running game. But that is one of the big things. After you've thrown over there, you've got to leave yourself in position to throw again if you think the guy's going. Yep. That, that's I, what CeCe Sabathia about... would do. 
<laughs> I got a question about the deliveries. I seen the guy from the Astros change his delivery to with, with the Rockin', but like what Nestor Cortez does or what uh, Marcus Stroman, what they do in their delivery, is that going to be now illegal or can they still do some of those different things with their with their I, windup? I think those guys are okay. I just had this conversation okay. with Kevin Gossman. Kevin Gossman's another toe-tap guy. Yeah, so yeah. he got to spring training this this year, and it wasn't until he arrived that he was told, oh, by the way, that delivery you've been using for all these years, that's illegal now. Try something else. That like you would think you'd want to tell the guys that we'd had all have all winter, figure it out, but he needs he needs a new delivery. So that was the question he asked me. How come it's okay for Nestor Cortez to do what he did? I think I have the answer. You probably can tell me, but if you're, it, it all is a function of when the pitch clock starts. So if you're a nester, as long as you pick up your leg and, and begin you're your starting. delivery, you can shimmy all you want. But the problem with the toe tap is when have you started your delivery? You've and never started. When you, you keep going and keep going, yeah. Right. So that that's why that's a problem. Uh, that would be a balk now. Uh, he would balk every pitch <laughs> now which he doesn't really want to do obviously so he's like this is a really fascinating part of this man you've got you've got people who have to rewire their brains they have to take this stuff they've done forever and not do it anymore and and what you said makes sense because you know at the beginning of of the delivery it's it's more for deception you know what i'm saying like what Nestor does, if you can do that, you should be rewarded to be, you know what I'm saying? What the what got what those guys do at the beginning of their um delivery, anybody can do that. You know what I'm saying? So if you can do what Nestor yeah. does or Johnny Cueto does, then you should be rewarded for that. So like I, I I like being able to still have that that wiggle room in your delivery. Yeah, I got no problem with it. I think it's fun. It's so entertaining what Nestor does. Uh I mean, I love it. The fans love it. Fans go crazy over some of these moves he rolls out there. (laughs) And uh, we are in the entertainment business. So that, you know, that's the best part of it. I I just, I feel sorry for uh, uh, some of these guys who, who all of a sudden can't do what they do, can't incorporate deception in their way. Uh, Maybe there's some other way to incorporate it. I'm going to go see Kevin Gosman pitch this week because I'm curious what he does. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely going to keep a close eye on that and see. I've been watching the guys that have funky deliveries and just seeing, you know, what they've been doing, you know, to to stay within the rules this this, uh, this spring. So it'd be interesting. And it'd also be interesting with all these rule changes and so many guys going to the WBC and not, you know, playing under these rule changes, what it'll be like when they come back later in spring, you know? Uh, right, because we were talking about how, you know, if you have six weeks to get used to these rules, you're in good shape. Well, the, the guys who go to the WBC and are gone for two and a half weeks, they don't have six weeks. You know, they don't they only and, have and, and, a couple of weeks. And they're about to be playing in huge games, playoffs, basically games with, with the old rules. The old rules. You know? So it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, them come back, you know, in, into the, you know, the new big leagues and see how they adjust to these rules. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm watching games in spring training like I've never watched them before because I'm looking looking for every little thing, just trying to learn. And yeah, every seriously, every at bat, 
is a learning experience for pitcher and hitter and catcher. And I, I honestly, to, to not have those experiences for two weeks, two and a half weeks, whatever it is for the teams that go to the finals, I think it's a big deal. I mean, I, I again, I saw one yesterday where uh, Jose Barrios was pitching for the Blue Jays, okay? And uh, it, it, it's the first pitch of the inning. He lost complete track of the timer, complete track. Um, and I'm watching the clock and I'm thinking, there's no way he's getting this pitch off. And so with one second left, his catcher calls timeout and the umpire granted it. And the hit, the hitter and Rob Thompson, uh, the opposing manager said, wait, what are you doing? Like Alec Bone was a hitter and he said, I can't call timeout with one second to go. I got to do it before there's eight seconds to go. And the ump, I, the ump told them, yeah, I messed that up. But see, it's a learning experience for him too. It's, and yeah. I, I, I honestly, see, see, this was, I, I haven't had this experience either. I'm watching intently every pitch and I don't know what the count is because the umpire <laughs> signaled something. I wasn't sure what. They're not announcing it to anybody. So, so you don't know what the count is. I or what's didn't going know. On. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I, I mean, I've been at, I've been at games where uh, it's one and zero, and no pitches have been thrown. Okay, so that that's confusing enough. But now, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. By the way, a, there's a lot of that. A lot. There's going to be a lot of that the, the whole year. By Manny the way. Machado kicked off spring training by doing that, and I think he yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're not going to enjoy it if it happens in July. I know that. Yeah. No, it, what's it's crazy just a, is it's that. a strange experience. It is. It is. But I'm, I'm watching every game intently, too. But I'm watching every game because they're only two and a half hours. So I can I can <laughs> I can I can watch them all digest everything and and uh, enjoy spring training. So um, I appreciate you coming on. I know you got to get out of here. I know you're busy. Um, with the schedule during the spring training. So I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to, to come on here and, and, and talk about your experience with the new rules uh, in spring training. That's well, my favorite topic. And I, I'm, again, I'm honored that you invited me. It really means a lot to me. Thank you. Always fun. Of course. Appreciate it. Thank you.